You are listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at one of at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at two, five, ten, or twenty-five dollars and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, this is Bradley Martin, and I hate people who don't do what I say, and they better do what I say or I'll fire them. (laughs) We're talking about Succession, of course, today, season four, the final season. What is Succession, if nobody knows? For a very vague summary that spoils nothing, if you've seen the movie Click... Succession would be Adam Sandler at the end of his life, running in the rain, gasping and wheezing, holding on to life to find his kids and say, you're all terrible. And that's kind of what Succession is. Logan Roy, Waystar CO, billionaire extraordinaire. He has to pass along his company. At the end of season three, the loosening death grip he had on the illusions that he would always be the CEO of his company tightens further, and he pushes his kids further away from ever being successors to what he's built. Now, season four starts with Logan Roy on the move like the shark that he is, trying to chew up and bite and destroy all his enemies. Because this is a man with one foot in the grave, on his deathbed, you could say. But he's not going to let anybody see him that way. His oldest son, Connor, completely non-entity. He is not in the running for anything from his father. But he is getting married, and he thinks he could be president someday. Second sibling, Kendall, the eldest boy of Logan Roy's second marriage, He kind of is giving the impression that he wants to make moves to torpedo Waystar, the company, and perhaps build his own empire out of the ashes from that sort of thing. Shiv, oldest daughter, well, she's just having a fallout with her husband, Tom, who is deep in Logan Roy's pockets and wants to comfortably establish himself as someone who lives to serve Waystar. And hopefully keep his marriage together with Shiv, who honestly sees Tom as someone she's married far beneath her. I think she's the most intelligent and business savvy um, Roy child. But in the business she's in, there's raging misogyny and sexism. And to be taken seriously as a woman, I would say this show makes a point that that's an impossibility. But we'll discuss that. And then you have Romulus Roy, the youngest boy 
who I think he just wants to be loved, but he's so emotionally distant from everybody. <laughs> kind of just a wreck. We need to get to talk about him. Someone who maybe understands the psychology of a lonely person who has been given everything they've wanted their entire life. That's what he is. He wants to be important and carry on his dad's name, but I think he hates the business. Now, with me to talk about this final season, someone who would never call an election before all the votes were counted. Drew is with us. I mean, I've I've called a couple of elections, but that was like back in elementary school, so it was it wasn't it wasn't uh, as uh, as important. But it's funny to, to hear that entire description of succession, and it makes me not interested in the show at all, even though I've I've watched every single episode. And <laughs> and and, 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 and and I mean, no, it was a great it was a great description. But when I remember, like when season before season one started, and they were talking about this billionaire family, I had no interest in watching that, and then. After the first couple episodes, I was completely hooked, and and now I, you know, I think most people can agree it's the best show on on television. Uh, so it, it and, and I think the this the last finale of, of um, season four was actually scary to watch towards the end. It really felt so real, so raw um, in in certain points, and um, I'm glad it I'm glad it ended uh, when it did. Also with us, someone who understands that all life is fleeting. And all time is relative. Sarah Jane is with us. <laughs> You're both needy love sponges, and I am a plant that grows on rocks and lives off insects that dies inside of me. <laughs> Sorry. I'd rather be a love sponge than a pain sponge, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Connor is so fucked up. Yeah, slightly. Yes. That was a, I believe he said that on his wedding day in episode three, the wedding day episode. He did. Yes. For the first thing he said was, the good thing about having a family that doesn't love you is you learn to live without it. I'm rooting for those kids, though. <laughs> I'm, def- I'm definitely rooting for Will- Willow, Willa and uh, Connor. Let's see what happens. And, but, and actually, I know it's, it might be a spoiler, but Willa is um, redecorating um, Logan Roy's apartment at the, in the uh, finale. And I really want to see what that apartment looks like after she's done. She was going to put a huge sectional in. It's going to be a total disaster. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, th- throughout the series, the hookup scenes like rich man trying to get young woman and call it love. But honestly, they did seem to have the least toxic relationship. Maybe I'm blind to it because both actors are so charming. Alan Ruck plays Connor Roy. But how did you guys feel about that relationship say as compared to all of logan roy's relationships or even roman or kendall's or ships i mean he paid for that relationship for i mean for i don't even know how many seasons before she just just, i i feel like she just kind of went along with it because he Mm -hmm. was giving her what she wanted and you know it was almost like she was holding her nose and just like, oh, I just got to deal with this because, you know, he's going to put on my play or et cetera. But then she had the chance not to uh, marry. And then uh, she was like, fuck it and did it. So, uh, you know, I don't know if she had a prenup. I don't remember if they signed one or not, but, you know. It definitely wasn't any kind of passionate, inflamed love but just even seeing two people manage to tolerate each other 
was like top shelf relationshiping in this very depressing show. Yeah. Now I do want to talk about the ancillary couple that no one could get enough of. We got Matthew McFadden playing Tom Wobbs Wobbscans and Nicholas Braun playing Greg Hirsch. They were a couple of work colleagues, not romantic, but they were almost like frat boy brothers who knew enough about business to maintain jobs but were never pressed to task to act professional or even like real adults. Everything was putrid, they they said. (laughs) They often snorted coke while working to get that bump, you know? Get that bump, Craig. We got to stay focused. Like, just the worst kind of people. Shiv called Tom, her husband, an empty suit and nothing more. What did you think about the work relationships? And how about these extra characters, Tom and Greg, of course, being my favorite? Yeah, I mean, I I love Tom and Greg, but they're really like two different people. I know they kind of end up being like the disgusting brothers, and and they're they're going around <laughs> and 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 doing that for a while. But it's like Greg's somebody who's who's a complete opportunist, and and I think after after a while, you start rooting for Tom a little bit because, and I think Logan appreciated him in in, in his own right too because he actually at least made it from from nothing. You know, he came he came from you know. A, um, you know, pretty, pretty um, timid back, uh, background or like, a, you know, a small background. It wasn't that, that wealthy and kind of um, was definitely kissing the, the, the same kind of ass. But Greg was doing it in a way that I think was really, really toxic. And Tom, I think, was trying to hang on a little bit. Um, so I love without giving anything in a way, I love how, how their relationship ended up. I thought it was it was perfect. And it actually ties back to, you know, Willow, Willa and Connor's relationship, too, um, where they're kind of going over like, Logan Roy's assets, and uh, I think by the end of it, um, Greg is an asset of Tom. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that's a great point. Well, also, like, how is Greg making two hundred thousand dollars a year as an assistant? And the, the fir- first time I heard that at the in the finale, I was like, "Oh, that's actually." I thought he'd be making more money, but then I realized he was an assistant. I thought he was doing something more, but that's that's pretty good money. Uh, I think Logan appreciated Tom also. And the same way with Kendall was because he was willing to, quote, eat shit for things that, uh, like the the cruises, you know, that they didn't need to know about, you know, that way they weren't uh, liable or, I guess, culpable, whichever. Well, sorry, if if you go back and look at, you know, if you think about with the beginning of season one, Shiv was talking about Tom being CEO, you know, and, and, and that, that right. kind of, that kind of idea. Um, so it's interesting to see how that can kind of play out a little bit, um, you know, in, in, in season four as well, where it's like all three of the siblings are, are um, wanting it and wanting it and wanting it. And I think when it really comes down to it, all they really want is to, to survive and kind of get out of the shadow of their dad. Um, and I don't know if all three of them, um, really want it deep down inside. And I think that kind of played out like in a, in like a really, horrible tragic way at the at the uh in the finale yeah i i started to watch um in the lead up to um the season finale i started to re-watch from the very beginning um i only got through like halfway through season two but it's like all there it seems like from the beginning if you um like you mentioned drew all of the seeds seem to be planted there and there's so much stuff that I thought had happened later, but like um, where um, where Kendall uh, 
hits that or doesn't hit the kid, but he drives into the into the water and the kid dies. I thought that happened way later. And I'm like, oh, gosh, that was like, you know, episode three or something. It was crazy early. Yeah. And rather than, you know, his father, his family, himself, using this opportunity to change and maybe take accountability, uh, Logan Roy uses it to blackmail his own son and neuter his ambitions against him. And uh, the show is uh, heartbreaking to watch, in my opinion, because of that. Now, I'm going to admit something, and it's hard for me to admit this because I think I'm a humble, graceful guy, but I'm a pretty good parent in comparison to Logan Roy. And uh, the, So let's not say the show was all sad for me to watch. <laughs> the little boost? <laughs> yeah, a little boost like, wow, well, I'd never help my son blackmail or I'd never blackmail my son over a murder, so I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Right. Now, something I want to comment on the writing of this show. Uh, I don't understand Wall Street. I look at the stock market. I'd like to think the same as everyone else, thinking, well, my accountant will tell me what this means. Not that I even have an accountant. But this show is so well written in the human drama and so well performed by these actors that I don't think it matters that I don't really understand the ins and outs of business or what an SEC violation is or um, what how important it is for a corporation to have its own lawyers and your own personal lawyers outside of that law firm as well. I was really irritated about one thing which I've researched is very true to life. Nobody will ever at any time even if they know something to be absolutely true, will give you a straight answer. That annoyed the hell out of me. Like someone could be like, hey, your name's Kendall, right? And he wouldn't say yes or no, I'm Kendall Roy. He'd be like, well, ask around, people know me. And you know, just, ah, why don't any of you speak straight? And to the point, it drives me nuts. But also, that's a part of the great writing of the show. How'd y'all feel about how this is written and how it relates to people in general i think that you don't uh have to know wall street or even the business world because you know i'm in it a little bit and like the shit that kindles kendall says like does it's just bullshit nonsense you know like a kate like he, he just throws out a whole bunch of buzzwords and you're just like what you know there's another way to say that but he's just trying to like Especially if he's talking to someone young, he's just trying to come off as cool. And it just makes him look, you know, as evidence in, I don't know, was season nine, episode nine or ten. Uh, oh, no, maybe that was in, um, sorry, that was way back in one of the other seasons. But he's trying to buy that one company. Or maybe it is a season. I don't even know. He's trying to buy that one um, company and he goes to see that girl. And he sees her... No, that that was. I'm so sorry. That, that was actually during uh, Tom's bachelor party. So that was like in season two. Like he says all this. Uh, Kendall says all this stuff, and they're just like he's so cringy, and he doesn't really say anything. And so it's just like you know, what? So I, I don't think you even have to know. Well, that, that's when the writing's really good. I think is yes. you know they they, they they keep talking about how. You know, it's like the difference between like what's happening in the boardroom versus what when it's like hang time where it's you know where they, you know, uh, Matson and Tom or Matson and 
Roman will will hang out together and get a feel for each other, and those are that's when the buzzwords start start flying, and they're actually not really saying anything; they just sound like they're saying something, and and it's 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 uh, brilliant. I think that's where like Jesse Armstrong really really shines, and like those little pieces of dialogue, especially in like in the finale with the dinner scene between uh, Tom and Matson, where you know things take take a take an uh, unexpected turn. Um, that's that's when that's when the show is is. Um, is the best, and it's interesting too. Just that I think all the the seeds of paranoia um, and all the asides that happen all the time. Um, it and you know I think you have to give it up to the directors and stuff too, and and, and how how well um, they've directed everything. And I, I'd forgotten that I, I believe every episode is shot on thirty five millimeter. Oh, was it? Yeah, so it's very cinematic. So what we're gonna do something fun since it is the final season. I'm going to take these two colleagues of mine into the boardroom of our final thoughts. And after that, we're just going to have a quick spoiler discussion on what I felt was a incredibly impactful television that I don't want to just brush away to the wayside because we're being vague and don't want to spoil anything. So this will be our final thoughts, followed by my own little uh, request to discuss those spoiler points. Sarah Jane, will you start, please? Sure. Um... I was telling Bradley right before we recorded that this was a show that I had really no interest in watching just because everybody was just like, this show is like the best. And, you know, every time I go into a show or I try to watch one that everyone is, this is the best, I get burned. So I'm, you know, no way this show is going to be that good. But then somewhere around season three, about halfway through, I was like, oh, fuck, I guess I'll just watch it. And so I started watching it, and then I just binged it all in, like, two weeks, I think, and then watched the rest of the season three, and then waited desperately for season four, uh, because I loved it. I was hooked from the beginning. It's not one of those ones where you have to wait out that first season because you know it's going to get better. You know, Star Trek, I'm looking at you. Um, That kind of stuff. Um, So, and... It's like, I, I vacillate on which is my favorite character. Like, is it Tom or is it Roman? Like, Tom, no, Roman. Because, I mean, I, I desperately just want to give Roman a hug. I mean, he probably wouldn't even accept it. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I he is, like, the most fucked up of his children. And I think. I mean, they're all damaged in multiple ways. But I think somehow... There, I think there's something that we just didn't see that had happened to him. I mean, they talk about, like, you know, he was in a cage. It, it, they made him pretend to be a dog for, um, like, when he was a kid. Then he got sent away to boarding school, like, military school. And so, I don't know. There, there's some stuff. So, I, but, I, oh, shit, I don't know. I love Tom. So, <laughs> I'm just going to say this season was really great. There was a couple of episodes, I guess, in the middle where I was like, "Mm, some of these are not as good as the others, but like the last, I think, three just were like 10 out of 10. They were just amazing. So um, I am going to give this nine games of Bitey out of 10. (laughs) Yes, very nice. (laughs) Uh, Drew, your final thoughts. I think that's one thing that's interesting about the show is that that it's it's really when you when you really look at the entire series, 
I don't personally care who becomes CEO or not. I don't care who, who, who takes over for the most part. And what makes it really compelling is like the little mind games that are happening and all of the dynamics of control, losing control, um, reverting back to childhood, pretending that you know what you're doing, um, and, and all the stuff that's going on with, with um, the sibling rivalry. Um, and that's why I thought it was so smart to finally kind of end Logan's uh, reign um, abruptly, like in the third episode, like when he passed away from a pulmonary embolism or whatever happened, and see the same dynamic play out with those kids now that Logan's not kind of hoarding over them and kind of, you know, they're, they're kind of getting away from his shadow. And there's, and those mind games even come out to like all these different games too, like with, with boar on the floor and all those things that were happening. And I think, and, and, and uh, Roman being in a cage, which I, I think comes back in a really sentimental, crazy moment between Kendall and, and, and Logan at the, at the end of this episode, at the final episode. But what's interesting about those games is that if you look at like boar on the floor or, um, the, 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 this, this final game they play, um, a, a, you know, a meal fit for a king um, in, in, the, in the final episode, they're, they're really improvised. It seems like those are games that they've played before and that Logan's done bore on the floor before and done all this, but it's not. It's, they're, they're improvising it on, and, and they've been doing this to each other over and over again for years and years. Um, and so it, they, they get caught up in this crazy cycle where the kids didn't really get to live a, a good childhood and they keep reverting back to childhood at the worst possible times. And that happens at the end of this episode uh, and, and where they, uh, they implode at the worst possible times and they're still kids and there's still like innocent moments that happen um, sometimes too, but they're always, it's always coupled with something that's, that ends up being, that affects the, the stock price, which is a really crazy thing where like their like childhood trauma is, is literally like, you know, um, could potentially bankrupt companies and like in or change the presidential election and do all these different things. So it's like them. That's what I think is really compelling about this show. It's not. It's not the. It's not who's going to take over a corporation that you know is is modeled after Fox News. I don't think anybody really cares about that when they watch it. I think it's 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 how it's how the ripple effect of of of, the, of their trauma and their and their um their life as kids ends up having this huge impact because they're billionaires. Um, and and then the you know, the acting and the writing is so superb um, that it just launches it into like a, a completely different stratosphere. Uh, and I can't wait to see what everybody does next on the, um, from this show. But it, I don't I don't think you're going to get any much better than this kind of television. And I'm glad they ended it when they did. They could have gone on for five or six seasons. And and, and I think it's great that they had a, a really great. Um, plus size 90 minute episode that uh, I think was scary to watch at times. So I, I would, um, I would give this really, I mean, like, um, nine out of 10, um, Roman dick pics to Jerry. <laughs> In the middle of a meeting. <laughs> inappropriate. Oh. Very inappropriate. So succession, what is it? Uh, let's just call wealth, fame, and power a giant beast that moves through life and human beings are parasites that attach themselves to this beast right and every once in a while a couple of those parasites say no i'm not in a symbiotic relationship i am this beast and everyone needs to deal with it or i'll crush them and unfortunately like all of us we die and fade away and are forgotten 
So if that kind of bums you out, then maybe the show isn't for you. I think this has been one of the most honest, uh, clever, and really full of just wonderfully terrible but beautifully layered characters that I've seen in a very long time. I'm so tired of something I absolutely love. Ebenezer Scrooge finding redemption. Like, to have the courage to have Ebenezer Scrooge look down his grave and then look up at the ghost of Christmas future and be like, fuck you, you know? (laughs) Um, I think that's so original. And I hate recommending this because this show does bum people out and make people sad. But I am very glad I watched it. And I think that uh, it does make me hug my kids a little tighter, you know, like... you're all right. Whatever you want to do, I'm in your corner. You know, even as simple as that. Because, oh man, Logan Roy, woof. So I'm going to give this final season 9 out of 10 spherical eye jellies swirling around your skull. Face eggs. <laughs> yeah, eye, eyes, eye <laughs> eggs. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely their mother in a nutshell right there. Like oh, God, she's a piece yeah. of work. So just some quick things I wanted to cover. Episode three, like shocked people that don't even watch Succession. People were saying, you have to watch this episode. Logan Roy suddenly, unceremoniously dies on a plane with a phone to his ear and his kids on the other end of that phone. Does he hear him? Is he able to say anything meaningful to them? We don't know. It's just shock, awe, and immediately dealing with, I guess I don't have a father anymore. And for those of you who have been through that emotion, there's a quote from one of my favorite books to read to kids, The Girl Who Drank the Moon. Death is always sudden, even when it isn't. How'd y'all feel about that hour of television? Um, I was like riveted and shocked because I always make sure that I stay off Twitter <laughs> on Sunday nights until I've already seen it because I know, uh, you know, somebody will spoil it immediately because that's just what Twitter is. Um, but I was really shocked. But then I thought, wait, th- is he really dead or does he just want to see what? the hell his kids are going to be doing, you know, when they think he's dead. So for, you know, up until through episode four, I still wasn't sure if, if he was dead or not. Yeah. I think that's what happens when you're watching yellow jackets and succession at the same time. <laughs> right. You know, you're like, okay, there's definitely, there's definitely a crazy theory here. Not that Logan's a cannibal, but, but that, yeah, that, that maybe he is faking his death, you know, to, to see how his kids would, would react. But by the time the funeral happens, yeah, a few episodes later, you know, it's, 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 that's certainly, you know, um, um, laid to rest, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, I love that it happened off screen. Um, yeah, to your point, Bradley, where it just, you know, death happens when you're, when you're least expecting it. And, and it's, it's, it's um usually not very dramatic at all it's usually quite pathetic and and uh maybe that you know that moment with you know roman leaves the voicemail for logan um 
probably the worst things he's ever said to his dad on a voicemail. Doesn't know if he heard them or not. If I think the the, the phone ended up in the toilet in the in the airplane, so you don't know if that's the last thing that Logan heard. And that and that that ripple effect could maybe um, explain some of Roman's behavior and really really erratic behavior later on in the in the episodes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was great, and and, and the, the follow up to that too. I mean, just just them trying to process everything. But uh, I, that was the first time where it felt like the show just jumped off a cliff, and um, yeah, they they did such a great job afterwards. The funeral episode, I mean, holy shit! I, mm-hmm. Kieran Culkin needs to win uh, an Emmy for this season. His work, I mean, you know, like everybody's terrible, but I cried for him you know just for him and he just totally fell apart and like you know the rest of his i mean it was sweet to see his his um family or his siblings try to come together with him but yeah i i I did i cried because i was so upset for him no and i agree karen culkin as romulus roy uh, definitely an mvp in a season full of mvps I, I I feel bad for the uh, awards committee this season because <laughs> there's just not enough to go around for all the success. And the way he reacted to his father being dead because he wanted to give the eulogy, show that he was a big boy and really carry on the Logan name. He has one of the most vulnerable and honest breakdowns you can have. I work in life insurance and I've dealt with uh, tragedy before and they're as weird as it sounds, there comes a thought, especially with little ones, well, let's just let him out. Let's just tell him this to get up and out of the box. And it really made me think of the trauma and damage this man, because Roman is a grown-ass man, but his emotional and mental maturity was like that of a child. And of course it is. Someone who's been given so much and told this is the best you are being given the best, but everything that he needed, you know, comfort, um, emotional stability, someone who believes in him, nothing that kids are given to develop their minds to be a reasonable, sociable people was ever given to this kid. And just, just to close on that, Karen Culkin hits a grand slam in that funeral episode by portraying that after four seasons of work that he's put into this character too, the culmination of that was amazing. I want me, you know, when, when Logan says that they're not serious people, uh, he's the reason why they're not serious people. I I think that, you know, I think, and, and I think that was intentional. I think, I think if, well, maybe not intentional, but I think, you know, the idea of your kids are, going to replace you at some point, you know? And, uh, I think when you're, when you're a billionaire of a corporation like that, maybe that thought, um, lingers a little bit more than it, than it does for, for someone else. And, and, uh, I think he looked at his kids as competition instead of his own children from, from, yeah. from, from a really, uh, really young age and, and they, and it damaged them, uh, to no end. Well, also, you know, usually you have one parent that has your back, but their mother is just as bad and maybe sometimes even worse than Logan because mm-hmm. she couldn't get over the fact that they chose to live with him instead of her and she's been resentful of them ever since and so it's you know it, 
she's just a, she's just an awful person. Sorry, <laughs> uh, in a show of awful people, yes, yes, I yes. mean, uh, she almost makes me angrier than Logan, which I, I don't know what that says about me, but you know, I could see why Logan was doing it, but you know, she was just, I well, I guess it's jealousy on both of their parts. But yeah, sure, yeah. I think Mark Maron said something recently where if you have, as long as you have one good parent, you're okay. Yeah. So we get to the finale. Who reigns supreme? Who wins the Game of Thrones via succession style? None of the Royce. <laughs> <laughs> Did you all see that coming? Did you like the outcome? I thought it was pitch perfect. Yep. Uh, I was going to say no notes, but yeah, I guess I have notes. But I, I was fine with that. And about, I don't know, toward the beginning of the episode, but before Tom has the sit down with Matson where and I don't think Tom was really lying or bullshitting there he asked him give me a pitch and Tom realized mm-hmm. what it was for because he knew you know that I guess at that point did he know that she wasn't getting it and he was pitching for himself uh but he was like give me a pitch and I think he was truthful in what he said he wasn't really bullshitting about um his um qualities and the stuff that he had to bring to the table, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I, I was, I was happy for him, honestly. Well, as he says to Shiv, when Shiv kind of calls him a grand betrayer, he's like, "You, you would have done the same thing, Shiv." And I honestly think Shiv realizes that in the final moments, and resigns herself to the life she knows that she'll thrive best in. As the wife of the CEO. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, as the wife of the CEO of her father's company. Yeah, you can see she kind of becomes her mom and is going to raise kids that you know she doesn't want. That, but I don't, I don't think that's true. I think, you know, I think she, she, she's always made like really sporadic decisions, and that was one with with with, with the vote. Um, but I think in this this uh, case, it actually worked out in her favor, um, and that she can she can still have uh, some pull over over the company uh, without her brothers. So I think I think it'll be all right. And there's always nannies. You know, she's not going to have to raise her kids. Again, yeah, so, sure. Yeah, be fine. And Tom, for all of his flaws, I hate saying this because Tom is nuts, but whoa, way better choice than Kendall Roy, in my opinion. <laughs> Sorry to the Jeremy Strong fans. Kendall Roy is a lunatic. And <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. He, I don't think he was suited for it. I think, you know, he was just told, like he said, when he was, what, four or whatever? Seven? Like a little boy, yeah. that it was going to be him. And so I think that he assumed it was going to be him. And he had, that was his only focus, basically, in life, I guess, was that over everything else, that was his, and he was due... That was his due, you know. It was time to pay up. And at the end there, I swear, I don't know if it was just me, but I really thought he was just going to throw himself over that rail into the water. And I knew um, whatever the minder is that was Logan's uh, right hand, but the bodyguard, was there and would have saved him. But I really thought he was going to throw himself over because, you know, what does he have left? 
I mean, yeah. he has millions Lou of dollars, Colin. but, you know. Yeah, Colin was following him yeah, around, if um, I remember correctly. So who do you think? And I'm glad, I'm glad we saw Colin with him, because I, I thought I had the same thoughts there. Yeah. What was that, Drew? Who do you think by the end of the episode, out of the three siblings, or really four, is, is, uh, is the happiest? I mean, it's certainly not Kendall. I think Roman is probably the happiest, because, um, you know, I think he had kind of a little wry smile there. He might spend the rest of his life in that bar. I don't know. But I don't think, like, um, I'm not sure who said it. I apologize. But I don't think he wanted it. I think he liked the competition and just was going for it because, you know, he thought that that's what he was supposed to do also. And and then when it was written on that piece of paper that it was going to go to him, I think then he was like, well, I guess I really got to go for it. But I, I think it, yeah. he's probably the happiest of them. And I agree with that as well. He even orders a martini, which um, Jerry is fond of drinking. And him and Jerry had this horrible falling out. So I think he really is just moving on into the life that he wants to have, which is just being a wealthy guy who doesn't give a shit and everything's bullshit. Agreed. Yeah, that's that, that's what's great about this show too is that where he he, he kind of says that it's like we're all bullshit. It's everything yeah. is bullshit, but that doesn't that doesn't undermine the show. Yeah, it, it doesn't undermine like what it, it, you caring about the show and caring about what happens to all the characters. But he's totally right at the same time. Exactly. No, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. No, closing out on that line, I think the show is less cynical than real life right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whew.